Public service announcement. I have just temporarily closed the doors to Lifestyle Business School. If you are a current or aspiring expertise-based business that has a business, courses, coaching, masterminds, where you are divorcing your value from your time, or that is the business model that you want, you likely know that Lifestyle Business School is the program that I have been tirelessly working on over the last six months to build out six comprehensive playbooks, which basically lay out the entire path. It has everything from business model design to offer creation, to back-end delivery, to driving traffic, live launch campaigns, automated campaigns, everything you could possibly need to start or grow a leveraged expertise-based business to the lifestyle business sweet spot. Now, never fear because we've only temporarily closed the doors and we have added a wait list. So if you head to lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, pop your name on the wait list and you are going to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out, which is super exciting. And all of the exciting changes that we have made to the program as well, which we will share in due course. But in order to get the special VIP bonuses, when we do open the door, I want you to go and pop your name on the wait list now. So that is going to be lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, put your name on the wait list, and you will be the first to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out with a lot of exciting changes and with pretty much the best deal under the sun. All right, let's get into today's podcast episode. Newsflash, at the end of the day, nobody cares about your business. In this episode, we're going through why that is and what you can do to fix it. If you've got big business dreams, but you're feeling stuck when it comes to all things social media, digital, and content marketing, this is the podcast for you. And if you like free stuff, well, I've got you sorted there as well. Head over to steviesayssocial.com forward slash little black book to steal all of my social media secrets. You're listening to the Talk Social to Me podcast by Stevie Says Social. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 39 of the Talk Social to Me podcast by me, Stevie Says Social. Stevie Dillon, but you know, Stevie Says Social. (laughs) Guys, you would think that with the relaunch of the podcast, I would have had my shiz together and would be a few episodes ahead in terms of my planning, right? That is not the case. And let me just give you a little bit of the behind the scenes of what has happened for me over the last few days. On Friday, I drove down to Kingscliff for one of my very good friend's weddings, and it was honestly one of the most perfect days ever. But the next morning at 5am, we needed to jump in the car and drive all the way to Brisbane to get a flight to Mackay to then drive to Airlie Beach for an engagement party. The engagement party was amazing and it was a great night as well. But then the next morning, we needed to get up super early, drive back to the airport, go back to... 
uh, Brisbane, drive down to the Gold Coast to my brother's birthday party. So what I will say is that I have not had a weekend that action-packed for a really, really long time. And I woke up early this morning with a podcast to record on the agenda. And my gosh, let me just tell you that I'm not feeling 100% when it comes to podcasting. Anyway, maybe it's a good lesson for me to finally start to get ahead so that when I do have these big three-day weekends, look, it's probably not going to happen again for another year. But when it does happen again, I'm not going to wake up on Monday morning with a head cold and talking into a microphone without a solid plan of attack. Lesson learnt, a lesson learnt. Anyway, before we dive into today's podcast episode, I want to let you know about an exciting little event that I have coming up in a couple of weeks. It's just over two and a half weeks away, and what I'll be doing is running a social media boot camp. It's going to be a free training series that's going to give you the complete roadmap to social media success that I use with my clients. Literally, I am giving some of my very best stuff away for free here. You know when you're kind of wondering whether you're giving away too much value? I always feel like that's when you hit the sweet spot and you're actually giving away just enough, and this is definitely one of those occasions. If you're interested in registering for the training, I recommend that you get in early. Head to steviesayssocial.com forward slash bootcamp and enter your details in there, and you'll be notified when the training goes live. I have just finished putting all of the pieces together for this training, and I think it's really going to help you, so I'm excited to get it out there and I'm excited for you to go through it and to experience the same roadmap that I use with all of my clients and actually start to get some bloody results when it comes to your socials. That's kind of the aim of the game, right? Anyway, let's dive into today's episode. What I thought that I would put together for you today is something that is very near and dear to my heart. And when I think of the biggest mistakes that I see people make when it comes to social media, it's kind of not really understanding the nuts and bolts of what I'm about to dive into. So I have called this episode, Why Nobody Cares About Your Business and How to Fix It. Because I hate to break it to you, but it is true. Nobody cares about your business. Nobody cares. And when you're jumping on Facebook or Pinterest or Instagram or LinkedIn and you're just banging on about your product or your service, it's not connecting with people and it's why you're not getting results at the end of the day. What people ultimately care about in the end is themselves. They care about the problems that they have and then when it comes to your business, whether you can solve them. It is as simple as that. That is the bottom line. And it's really fundamentally important when it comes to thinking about how to market your business on social media as well. Now, when the penny very first dropped for me on that, the fact that nobody cares about your business, way back when I was getting into marketing, it really kind of changed everything for me. And it's when I really started to get results. I had always, before getting into marketing, just considered it as something that was a little bit annoying, right? So even when I was little, I used to hate that ads would just be kind of shoved in the middle of something that I was watching, usually Saturday Disney or cartoons. And I was just kind of like, you know, nobody watches these things. I don't understand why they do it. And that is like five-year-old me. I was aware of that. I would look at ads in magazines when I was a little bit older and I would be annoyed that I had paid, you know, $10 for a Dolly magazine and a big chunk of it was just ads. And I just didn't think that it was fair. 
It wasn't until later on I got a job when I was at uni and I got a job working for a company that you might have heard of before called Red Bull. And it was the first time that I had heard about something called attraction marketing. Essentially, attraction marketing is a complete 180 on the idea that advertising and marketing needs to be annoying and needs to be interruptive. Is interruptive even a word? I don't know. You guys can let me know. Send me a message on Instagram DM. (laughs) Anyway, what Red Bull was doing was producing really cool content of extreme sports and using that as a way of advertising themselves to adrenaline junkies that were in need of energy. So rather than concentrating on being really kind of annoying with ads telling people to buy Red Bull and interrupting what they were doing, they were actually giving people what they wanted. So they were giving people extreme sports videos and the like without ever pushing a marketing message onto people. And I was watching what was happening. They were selling bucket loads of energy drinks without ever really kind of being promotional around the fact that that's what they did. And it completely blew my mind. So after that, it was only when I got into marketing after a quick kind of side career as a lawyer for a few years, which some of you would already know about, that I decided to learn a little bit more about this thing that they called content marketing. So I want to share with you some of the basics of what I've learned. And I think it's important to go back and cover this stuff because it's simple, but it really is a complete game changer when it comes to the way that you should be marketing marketing yourself online, both with social media and with pretty much every other, both online and offline marketing tactic and strategy that you implement. So what is content marketing? Let's go back to basics. Here's a fancy definition. According to the Content Marketing Institute, content marketing is a strategic marketing approach focused on creating and distributing valuable, relevant, and consistent content to attract and retain a clearly defined audience and ultimately to drive profitable customer action. Now, that's the fancy definition, but in plain English, what it means is that it's providing content that people find interesting and valuable in order to attract them to you and to make them want to do business business with you. That content can be in written form, so blog posts, for example. It can be in audio form, so exactly what you're listening to at the moment, podcasts, or it can be in video format. And it's the exact opposite of the traditional approach to marketing, which is centered around telling your customer all about how great you are and not so subtly trying to get them to fork over money. Have you ever been to a networking conference or a dinner party with a guest that does nothing but talk really loudly and really arrogantly about themselves? I have way too many times and it is so, so annoying. And that's kind of how I feel about traditional advertising. So why does content marketing rock so much? Why do I love it? Let's go back to the time when I first got into marketing and learned that the thing that Red Bull was doing was content marketing. I became obsessed with it. When I really went down the rabbit hole of learning everything that I could about content marketing, I started implementing content marketing strategies into the businesses that I worked for. And then when I started my own business, I literally built it from the ground up using content marketing. I use it with my clients and I've seen over and over and over the effect that it can have in completely transforming businesses that traditionally kind of relied on 
traditional advertising. Literally, I would not have a business today if it wasn't for content marketing. It is 100% how I went from working full-time in a corporate gig to having a full business with a pipeline of clients within six months. And for all of you product-based businesses, it is totally for you too. And I'll show you soon some examples of how you can use it. But firstly, why I think it rocks. So number one, it develops the know, like, and trust factor. Producing content as a way of marketing your business allows your clients to get to know you. It builds trust and leverage because you are helping them and you're providing value rather than selling to them. Number two, it differentiates you in a crowded and competitive marketplace. So quick story, and some of you will have heard this before, but when I first started my business, I was looking in a Facebook group one day and someone was asking for recommendations for someone to help with their social media. There were 52 replies. I knew that in order to stand out, I had to produce content that set me apart from every single one of those people and that established me as someone relatable and someone who actually knew what they were talking about. So number three, it establishes you as an expert. Giving away some of your advice establishes you as an expert and a thought leader in your field. When people know that you're somebody that knows what they're talking about, they are much more likely to know, like, and trust you over time. And that is such a powerful thing. And then finally, it wins you customers and clients at the end of the day. When someone does eventually need your product or service and you've been providing them with value over time, they are more likely to come to you because you have been the one that has consistently been helping them. So let's go through some examples of how content marketing really practically can work with different types of businesses. Let's start with a plumber. So if you're a tradie, so in this case, let's say that you're a general maintenance plumber, right? What you could be doing is producing content about how to do some of your own DIY plumbing work at home. So you could put out little video demonstrations about common problems and things that you think that people can easily fix themselves. Post them on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is and make sure that it's native to the platform in terms of the types of content that you're creating. So what I mean by that is that if you're going to put videos on YouTube, they can be longer form and in 16.9 format. If you're going to be putting them on Facebook, make them square, use captions and make them really short because attention spans are much shorter on Facebook. You could post live Facebook videos of you fixing common problems at a real client's house. Now, you might think of this as losing business. Like, why would you give your best advice away for free and actually show people how to do things that really they're paying you to do for them? And you might see, you know, the common problems that you fix every day as a lost opportunity for, you know, a $150 call out fee. But let me just say that by instead educating the masses, what you're actually doing is you're gaining authority and trust in your marketplace. And that at the end of the day is the gateway to even bigger business. Okay, so another example. Let's say you are a business coach. You could be producing regular content on how to start and run a successful business. You could host free workshops and you could stream them live on Facebook for potential clients to see. You could create a video series answering common questions that people have. 
Jack DeLosa does this really well with his company, The Entourage. He has an Ask Jack D session and, for example, he will talk about, you know, the top three mistakes that startups make and he will provide a whole lot of value in there without ever having an expectation that people will immediately buy from him. But what happens is that over time he becomes the authority, he becomes the go-to in the field so that when that person is actually ready to take action and to go a step further, they are the obvious and logical choice. So another example, let's say you are a town planner or a draftsperson or say you're an architect. If you're one of those kind of industries, you could produce content on how to successfully build, you know, your own townhouses. You could document the process of meeting with a client, producing drawings, the alteration process, the final product for those who have never been through the process before. And now an example for all of you product-based businesses out there. Let's say that you're a skincare company, right? One awesome example that I saw the other day was a mineral makeup skincare company that was putting out blog content and one of the articles was six unexpected benefits of mineral makeup, what you need to know. Now, this was a Facebook ad that was clearly being served to women with an interest in organic skincare. And that was me. So it was being served into my newsfeed it was something that I clicked on and I ended up buying the mineral makeup. That post had 129 likes. It had 25 comments and 27 shares. It was clearly really relevant and interesting to the target audience of people, me, that were interested in organic skincare. And it wasn't salesy, but the company sold mineral makeup. So guess what the next logical step was after finding out what the amazing benefits of mineral makeup were? you'd buy the mineral makeup, right? So it's simple, but it's clever and it is effective. I could go on and on with different examples. What I want you to keep in mind though, is that I don't want you to be scared that giving away your best advice or your specialized knowledge will hurt your business. The bottom line is that general advice can only ever be so good and people will always still need your products and your services. You're never giving away too much. Now, there's two reasons for that. Number one, most of the people who consume your content will never act on it or they'll want to kind of have it done for them. They'll either give it a go and not do it as well as a professional and then they'll end up using your services or they'll never even try and just go to you in the first place because your content shows that you know your stuff. And in 99% of cases, general advice isn't enough. A person needs additional context for their own individual circumstances, and this is where you will gain your business. They need you to apply your knowledge to their specific circumstances. Now, the next step when it comes to content marketing is finally asking for the business, right? So after you provide a whole heap of helpful content and information consistently over time, what happens is that you get to the point where you've built enough trust and authority to actually kind of market your offers. The great news is that by this time, a lot of your potential kind of audience and potential customers and clients will already be proactively coming to you. But what happens when you lead with value is that you really kind of set a platform where people come to trust you. And it really is that kind of law of reciprocity, right? Because you've been leading with value, it's okay to kind of flip it and to start making offers. Now, there's a couple of reasons for this. Number one, the people who have been consuming your free and valuable content will most likely be interested in an offer that's associated to it. And number two, because you've been doing this and not just leading with the buy my stuff, buy my thing, book my service, 
service, you've actually kind of built up that trust and people are okay with you then flipping it and starting to actually kind of promote your product or your service. So I just think that that is a better way to do business. Right. So by now I have given you the reasons why content marketing rocks so much and a few examples of how to incorporate it into different industries. If you're kind of at the point now where you're like, okay, cool. I know that content marketing is important for my business and I'm in, or I need to lift my game and actually start to focus on it more. Here are a few key considerations to keep in mind when you're putting together a plan of attack for producing content. So number one is to think about who your potential customers and clients are. In order to know what sort of content to put out, it is absolutely critical that you know as much as you possibly can about who your clients and customers are. If you're not sure where to start, but you already have a Facebook page with some followers on it and they are already your ideal client, here is a hot tip. Click onto your Facebook business page and along the top panel, fourth from the left, click onto insights. Then click on people in the left-hand tab and you'll see the ages and you'll see the sex of your Facebook fans. And then even better, you'll start to get some information on there about what other things they like, where they shop, what their average income is. This is the sort of information that you can use to really target your content to the right people. You also need to think about whether your current customers and clients are actually the ones that you want. So if you've got a whole heap of people that are connected to your Facebook page and you're not quite sure that they're the people that you ultimately want to have as your customers and your clients, what you really need to start thinking about doing is producing content that is relevant and interesting to your ideal client so that you can start to get more of the right people through the door. So the second thing that I want you to do is think about the social media platforms where those potential clients and customers are hanging out. Once you have an understanding of who your potential clients and customers are, what you need to do is you need to find out which social media platforms are the most popular with them. For Australians, a really great resource is the Census Social Media Report, which is S-E-N-S-I-S. And I believe it has just recently been taken over by Yellow Pages. So it might now be called the Yellow Pages Report. But through that particular report, every single year, they do a whole heap of market research. And it basically tells you, males, females, and different age groups, what social media networking platforms people are on. This is absolute gold. And what I want you to do is simply to pick one or two that best suit you and go all in on them. Don't try and do everything. It is just not kind of reasonable with most small businesses, resources and budgets. And you want to make sure that you're doing a really good job on the platforms that you are on. Okay. So number three is then to think about the types of media that work best for your chosen platform. And I've already alluded to this a little bit, but in social media context is everything right. And not all social media platforms are the same. The type of content that does really well on one platform won't necessarily work on another. For that reason, it's really important once you know which social media platforms your audience hang out on to tailor your content to suit it. The little kind of nuances and differences in the way that you need to present content on different social media platforms make all of the difference. So here's a quick summary from a few of the main ones. Number one, Facebook. So Facebook gives you a lot of freedom when it comes to the type of content that you want to put on there. Images, video, text, you can pretty much do whatever you like. 
One important thing to note, though, is that Facebook prefers native content, which means content that is actually posted on the platform and it's not linked from elsewhere. So, for example, a video linked from YouTube is given far less kind of screen space when it's posted and therefore less attention than if you actually uploaded the video straight into Facebook. Facebook also prefers and prioritizes whichever form of content it is pushing at the time. At the moment, it's kind of really giving some preferential treatment, and I don't know if this is because it's preferred within the platform or people are just preferring it, to kind of short 90-second square videos with captions on them. Now, this changes all the time. Live video was given huge preference a little while ago when it first comes out, but you've just got to keep your eye on what's new on Facebook, and it will generally give preference to whatever it's pushing at that particular time. Now, Instagram. High quality professional photography does work really well when it comes to the feed on Instagram. But one thing to really keep in mind is that captions are really where it's at. It's where you can tell stories to get people to relate to you and relate to your brand. So even though kind of the the visuals are front and center on Instagram, you can really make a great impact if you give a lot more attention to your captions. Obviously, stories are also huge on Instagram and it's really where a lot of the attention is these days. So if you can storyboard four to five really high quality Instagram stories a day and make sure you mix up the type of content, don't just do five different kind of slides of you talking into the camera with absolutely nothing else on there because you'll notice that people start to drop off. This is really where you can start to gain some traction. LinkedIn. So this is one that people are either really loving at the moment or they're really hating. It is one of those platforms where it is actually possible to gain really, really good traction and it doesn't have the same algorithm as Facebook and Instagram. So you can put a post up and still be getting some pretty strong engagement if if it is a great post several days later. I know this is absolutely the case for me. Video is something that the algorithm is really favoring at the moment when it comes to LinkedIn, but you just need to make sure that you have an element of professionalism in terms of the content that you're putting on there. Again, being valuable, make sure that you're helping and providing educational content can really work well on that platform. And then on YouTube, obviously it's video, 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 but it can come in one of two forms really. There are the creators on YouTube that are really all about entertaining and that can be a great way to go if it suits your brand. The other great use for content on Instagram is kind of those questions. So people are, you know, searching in YouTube, how do I fix a leaky tap? How do I X, Y, Z? So if you're producing valuable video content that can be longer form because people have more of an attention span on YouTube, that can work really, really well. So that's just a little bit of an overview, but you do need to make sure that you're not just putting the exact same content on every single platform because it just won't work as well across every platform. You need to be aware of the little nuances and tailor your content accordingly. So the next step is that you need to think about the media formats that work best for you. So in order to really nail your content, you need to play to your strengths or else consider outsourcing. What are you good at? If you're personable and confident and talkative and have no problems in front of the camera, then of course, video is going to be a natural platform for you. Did you score straight A's in English? Writing blog posts and how-to articles might be more your thing. 
Remember, content creation shouldn't be something that you consider really, really hard because the bottom line is that if you do at the end of the day, you won't stay consistent with it and you won't keep doing it. If you're struggling to churn out blog posts because writing isn't your strengths, you're just going to give up. So what I would say here is to really play to your strengths. And remember, it doesn't always need to be a really polished production. Social media these days really rewards authenticity and it rewards consistency. So be yourself and work with what you have. If you're struggling with the idea of content creation, think of it as documenting. Document what you do rather than feeling like you need to create something and spend a whole heap of time on it. Get 10 things out there by documenting what comes naturally and just being yourself. Don't labor and don't get hung up over one perfect and polished piece of content. And then finally, think about the pain points of your potential clients and the things that they're struggling with that you know that you can help them with. This is what it's all about at the end of the day. And if you're ever struggling with what to post, I want you to think about this. You know your business and you know your product or your service better than anyone. What do people come to you struggling with? What is it that they find difficult? What sort of questions are your potential customers and clients asking you? You just need to make a list of 10 things. Hell, make a list of 100 things and produce content about that. One by one, literally tick off every single topic on your list by producing a piece of content about it. And that is it, guys. Content marketing and social media, they really go hand in hand. And it's the marriage of the two by really kind of leading with value that makes you an attraction business and it produces the results that you're looking for. People not doing this, people not understanding the simple nuts and bolts of content marketing, why you do it and what it's good for is the reason why they're not succeeding on social. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave me a quick rating and a review. And remember, make sure you sign up for the social media boot camp. I'll be giving you my complete roadmap for social media success. And I have never shared this with anyone. So it is incredible value. Head over to steviesayssocial.com forward slash bootcamp to grab that now. Me for now, I'm probably going to go and nurse my head cold and remind myself that three-day weekends across several different cities and early wake-ups are not the best way to go about celebrating. Anyway, woe is me. I will see you guys next week. We'll be covering how to create killer professional photography for your socials. And I'll be chatting to my photographer, Grace Smith from Grace Elizabeth Images, all about exactly how to do that. It is not one that you're going to want to miss. All right, I'm off. See you later. Till next time. This podcast is proudly supported by ConvertKit. Social media is great and all, but newsflash, we don't own our followers, the algorithms are constantly changing, and you don't sell on social. All reasons why I always recommend email marketing as an important step in every social media strategy. ConvertKit is the email marketing software that I use and love within my own business. And to support the podcast, the folks over at ConvertKit are offering a free 30-day trial to talk social to me listeners head over to steviesayssocial.com forward slash convert kit to sign up now